Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Psalm chapter 119, it deals with God's word. And it's the psalmist, uh, it's, it's David talking about the importance of God's word. And the beauty of Psalms is it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, it's like someone's journal entry. Because you see what you would think is some crazy stuff in the book of Psalms. You ever read in there? Lord, destroy my enemies, right? Lord, help me. Man, I'm in a mess. Where are you, God? We've all been there. But this chapter, he's he is talking about some enemies. And God, make it right. But he's also he's glorifying God's word over and over and over and over again. He said, man, that's, that's a lot. I know. And the chapter's long. I'm telling you right now, there's 176 verses. So we're not going to finish tonight again. But we are on verse 72. So let's go to Psalm 119, verse 72. And let us see what we got. Psalm 119, verse 72. Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. Let me take a break just for a second. If anyone needs a Bible in here, you do not have a Bible that you like reading or the Bible you own is hard to read or you just don't have a hard copy Bible, get with me immediately following the service and I will give you a Bible that you can understand and read and keep. No charge. It will be the gift, a gift to you from this church, okay? You say, man, I don't have, I even have a giant print, New Living Translation back there. I have a regular print and a giant print. So, you say, man, I need, a, I need a copy of the word. I need my own Bible. Look, your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver. Did you know God's word will keep you alive long? I got two grandpas that loved and served God, and they lived to be 91. Now, hey, I know there's other folks that say, man, they served God. They didn't live to be that old. I, I can't explain everything, but I know this. I know that God's word has promises, and God's word is powerful, and God's word keeps you out of trouble in life. Sometimes, you know how it is, trouble just tries to find you anyway, even as a, a believer and you're doing everything right, trouble just goes to find you, but you still have God's word. That's why you need to have a hard copy of the Bible, all right? Your instructions are more valuable to me than millions in gold and silver, verse 72. Verse 73, you made me, you created me, hmm. now give me the sense to follow your commands, that's interesting. Script, scripture says in, in the book of Proverbs that wisdom, she's personified as a woman in Proverbs. Have you noticed that? And she's calling out, calling out, saying, those who lack sense come to me. What does that mean? It means if you want wisdom, you can get it. You can have it. And some of us are born with a lot less wisdom than others. I think I was born naturally foolish. I think, really, because some people are just wiser, I think, from birth. And then you learn wisdom, but we all need God's wisdom. The book of James says, if you lack wisdom, ask God, and he'll give it to you. He won't hold it back. Say, what's wisdom, man? Lord, you made me, you created me, now give me the sense to follow your commands. Why are his commands so important? Well, God's commands, they'll keep you out of lots of unnecessary strain. Life full of strain anyway, isn't it? Some of y'all right now are dealing with some stressful situations. I understand. You say, man, you've never been in this situation. No, but I understand stressful situations. 
I may not know yours exactly. You say, you don't know this, what's going on with in my life, Pastor. Hey, I may not. God does. He understands. And Jesus, Scripture says, Jesus was tempted in all points, but he never sinned. I know we're not Jesus, but our goal is to live like him. All right? And so how are you going to live like Jesus if you don't have the Lord give you the sense to follow his commands? Isn't that interesting how that's written? You made me, you created me, now give me the sense to follow your commands. We say, oh, good and evil, that's easy. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I've seen some people do stuff. Nobody in here. I've seen some people do stuff. I've met folks, and they've told me some things, and I went, wait, you didn't know that was wrong? And they said, no, our it was just it was something we did as part of my upbringing and i went man i, I would have never guessed cuz i wasn't raised that way and i say it humbly not with what's wrong with you no it you, they didn't know and not everybody was raised with the bible that's why you need to have a bible and you need to read it okay verse 74 may all who fear you find in me a cause for joy that's an interesting statement he's saying may everybody who loves and serves god Find a reason by watching my life to rejoice. Huh. If serving God is a good thing to you, then may my life be a light to you, right? And bring joy to you. For I have put my hope in your word, the end of verse 74 says. Man, in this world, there's not a lot to put hope in except for God and his word. And it comes down to it. You come to a place many times. God allows you in your lives. You come to a place. And I've been there, I promise. You say, ah, have you been there? No, I've been there where... Nothing felt right. I was struggling. I was going through it. You say, but you were, you were serving God. Yeah, and I didn't have any hidden sin in my life. I was telling God, God, what's wrong? What is this? Man, please speak to me. I'm struggling with this. This was, this was some years ago. Depression and anxiety. I'm like, I'm serving you. And God said, you know what? Just trust me. I've got you. And there were other factors I didn't know about at the time. Even physically, I just didn't know. And I've mentioned some of this to you before. I was grieving my mom before she went to heaven because we'd had such a bout with her cancer. I was already grieving her. So I was struggling with some of those symptoms. I said, Lord, what's wrong with me? Lord, what's wrong with me? And God, I, feel, I am not the Apostle Paul, but that verse would come to my mind. My grace is sufficient. I've given you all you need. You're going to make it. How am I going to make it? God allows us to go through journeys sometimes in life that are a wilderness. Y'all know the wilderness. I mean, you live around here. Most of y'all aren't, you don't take off walking to Carlsbad, but some of that's wilderness. See, there's oil derricks out there. Yeah, but if there's nobody out there and there's no oil derricks, you have to walk some miles. It's wilderness, and you're away from the road. There, you won't find water. It's, it's, it's harsh conditions. And in the wilderness, you're not fed like you were. You first get to know the Lord, and man, things come easy. I remember when I first got to know the Lord as a young kid, and I got baptized in the Holy Spirit later, and man, everything was happening, and it was sweet, and it was honeymoon time, right? How many in here have been married? Or you are married right now. How about now? Uh-huh. La luna de miel, right? Honeymoon time. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Don't feel too bad if you say, man, I've been through wilderness. I've been through some junk. You'll never understand, Pastor Matt. Well, I may not know exactly, but I've been through some wilderness seasons too. 
it's hard to hear from God. You're struggling. You don't feel right. It's just it's dry and dusty spiritually. You go to worship and you don't feel the, the way you used to and you're just struggling. You're in good company, though. Scripture says God in the flesh, Jesus in a human body, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And guess what? The Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. Say, what is God doing here? I don't know. But that's between him and you. I have no idea. Isaiah 45 says, does the, po does the, the pot ask the potter, what are you making? Wouldn't that be weird? Ladies, any, anybody in here like to cook, men and women? Any of y'all like to cook besides bologna sandwiches and, and cheese and stuff in the fridge, whatever? Some of you like to cook. Can you imagine you're cooking and your food turned around and said, what are you making? That would be bizarre to you, huh? That sounds like a cartoon. It's like, what, what on earth? Or can you imagine if, if your kids looked at you and said, what, what did you make? That's what Isaiah 45 says. Now, that's interesting because in the wilderness, you don't have all the answers. And man, I've been there. I've been there. And I'm going through a season right now where God is teaching me some stuff. And man, it's, it's making me do this about some certain areas that I thought I had figured out before. Does anybody know what this means? I like puppets and I like Muppets. The other night we were in bed talking and we were talking and my wife said something and I, I repeated her like this. I repeated her like this or something. And she goes, you're not very good at that. And I go, because I, I was messing around. I'm good at it, but I'm, you know. And she's like, I don't like puppets. <laughs> so, well, well, praise God. I like them, and I like the Muppets, too. <laughs> but here's my point. Here's my point tonight. God is not finished with you. God is not finished with you. There's an old song we used to sing. and say, God is going to finish just what he started. Then there was a kid song we sang. He said, he's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the sun and the earth and the, I messed that up, didn't I? Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. I got my game back. Y'all didn't know that was important. But it took him a week to make the sun and the moon and the earth and the stars, but he's still working on me. Oh man, we're complex characters, aren't we? We have emotions, we go through trials. Your situations are important to God. But all in all, all in all, all in all, I have put my hope in his word, the end of verse 74. I've put my hope in his word. Because through this season, and some of you are going through a wilderness season, and I'm, I'm going through a season, personally, it's been a battle, but it's making me look back on other wilderness seasons, and I'm going, ah, that's what you... Wow, that's, that's what you were teaching me. That's what that was for. That's what, say, God put me in this situation. Uh, Jesus was led into the wilderness, but sometimes our decisions put us in a wilderness. But sometimes you say, man, I did everything right, and I was in a wilderness. Here's the point. Here's the point. Life is full of wildernesses. It doesn't mean you're always going to be in a wilderness. Jesus was there 40 days. Can you imagine not eating and the devil appearing to you and stuff? That's crazy. But Scripture also says the angels of the Lord ministered unto him. Angels are here to minister unto you. The Holy Spirit's here to minister unto you. You have his word. And God's not done with you. God's not done with you. 
I'm telling you, he's been talking to me about the wilderness season. I was talking it over with my wife today, a little bit today too. God does stuff in your life when everything else is stripped away. God does stuff in your life when everything else is stripped away. Man, I've been to a place, one of my favorites ever, T.D. Jakes. Like, I'm not even going to ever try to preach like him. I'm way more conversational, but he sounds like a preacher. He looks like a preacher. He, he's a brilliant preacher. And he, one of the things he said today, I heard briefly what he said, and it touched my soul. He said, you get to a place where you've done everything you could, and you just got to release it because you can't figure it out anymore. That blew me away. I, I, I knew that, I thought. But man, in the wilderness and those few years ago and the things I went through, I got to a place where all I could do, I'm driving around town going, Jesus, just, would you just do something, man? I, what is this? What's going on? Why am I in this state? Why am I going through this? God's working in you. Why is it bad to spoil kids? Give them everything? Because they turn into big jerks. Prisons are populated with spoiled, rotten brats that were never told no. I'm going to tell you something I'm good at because God has taught me this. I'm good at no. And sometimes that's God's answer for stuff. Say, I, I'm going to, man, I'm going to, you know what? I'm, even career-wise, God told me several times, I already told you no. Can you imagine? One of the things I wanted to be in high school was an accountant. I need y'all to look at me, really. If you even half know me, an accountant. What? I had a relative who knew me. He's like, you want to be an accountant? I'm like, yeah, I'm good with numbers. He's like, he's like, man, I don't know. He said, drug dealers are good with numbers, but... He, You want to be an accountant? He said, it doesn't really matter. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, it doesn't really match your personality. I said, okay. Well, sure enough, wasted some time, lost a scholarship over that one. <laughs> no. God says, I'm still working on you. I don't, I don't know why I took that route tonight in Jesus' name, but, man, God's speaking to us tonight. Verse 75, I know, Lord, that your regulations are fair. Oh, man, you disciplined me because I needed it. You dealt with me because I needed it. You allowed me to go through this trial because I needed it. Wow. Verse 76. Now let your unfailing love comfort me, just as you promised me, your servant. Surround me with your tender mercies so I may live, for your instructions are my delight. You know what Scripture says? Scripture says the Lord's mercies... Guys, this is, this is a reminder that I've had to remind myself when I was going through junk. The Lord's mercies are new every day. God has mercy on you in that area every day. God has a, he has a new mercy. You say, man, I'm doing better in that area, but now I'm struggling here. God says, I have mercy for you. You're going to be okay. My grace is sufficient. Surround me with your tender mercy so I may live, for your instructions are my delight. <laughs> He gets a little tough here. Verse 78. This is this guy's journal, man. I'm telling you. Bring disgrace upon the arrogant people who lied about me. 
disgrace them, God. They lied. Oh, okay. All right. Meanwhile, I will concentrate on your commandments. God, you deal with them. You deal with the, the liars that lied about me. But in the meantime, I'm going to turn them over to you, and I will concentrate on your commandments. <laughs> wow. Let me be united with all who fear you, with those who know your laws. That's why I'm going to hang out on a Wednesday night with y'all, because y'all fear God. Y'all love God. Let me be close to those who fear you, God, with those who know your laws. Verse 80, may I be blameless in keeping your decrees, then I will never be ashamed. If you'll obey God, Scripture says, my people will never be ashamed. You say, well, how is that possible? I remember being a teenager. I, there might be some teenagers in here. You say, how would I never be embarrassed? Ashamed. No, ashamed means put to shame. If you obey God, he's never going to allow you to be put to shame if you obey him. Let's read that again. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees, keeping your word, obeying your word. Then I will never be ashamed. If I keep your word, I'm not going to be ashamed. I'm not going to have anything to be ashamed about. And if you're obeying God's word, guess what? You're not going to walk in a spirit of pride either. It's hard to shame someone who's not proud. They got no pride left, man. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if someone walked up to me and started making bald man jokes to try to offend me? I'd be like, man, these are great. Let me write them down for Sunday sermon. That's great. You can't shame me about being bald. I mean, I'm just bald. A few years ago, my wife goes, baby, we were talking, and, and this was not about shame. It was just facts. I don't know if she'd help me cut my hair or what. And I'm, I'm real bald, and I like it. I'm, I'm fine with it. We were talking, and she goes, baby, since we've been married, I think you've lost more hair. <laughs> I don't know what we were talking about. I laughed. I said, I have, and my wife was like, yeah, I think you've lost more hair, and I, I checked it out. I was like, I think you're right, man. It's going to recede, 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 man, to where I don't have to shave anymore, hopefully, but it's like just disappearing like magic ink. May I be blameless in keeping your decrees, and I'll never be ashamed, God, because I'll walk in humility, hmm. and you'll take care of me. Verse 81, I'm worn out waiting for your rescue. Y'all ever felt like that? Yeah. Yeah. He said, I'm worn out waiting for you to rescue me from this situation, God. I know. I know. I've been there. But, somebody say but. But I've put my hope in your word. I'm worn out waiting on you, God. Please. But I've put my hope in your word. This guy is so real. Verse 82, my eyes are straining to see your promises come true. When will you comfort me? <laughs> My eyes are straining to see your promises come true. That is so well written. When will you comfort me? Verse 83. Look, look, this goes a little interesting here. It says, I am shriveled like a wineskin in the smoke, but I have not forgotten to obey your decrees. Shriveled like a wineskin. You know what I imagine? Have you ever, you ever overbaked, overbaked a potato? The skin, what does the skin do? Anybody remember? It shrivels, it gets hard even. He says, man, I, from what I've been going through, I'm shriveled up like a wineskin in the smoke, but I still have not forgotten to obey your decrees. And you need to moisturize, brother, right? Anyway, verse 84. I've learned, I've learned that lately in my older age. Verse 84. How long must I wait, God? That's the question of a lifetime. God, I've prayed. How long must I wait now? What, when are you going to deliver me? When will you punish those who persecute me? 
when are you going to deal with those who persecute me? You know what Scripture says? Here's what Scripture says. You will live to see the reward of the wicked. Isaiah 54 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And this is if you're living right. Okay, you got to live right. Got to accept Jesus. Number one, I, I lost count there. Got to accept Jesus. I was excited. I was like, how many do I have? Number one, you need to accept Jesus. And number two, you need to walk in righteousness. You need to live right, not practice sin. Real simple. Isaiah 54 says, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you can condemn. You can say, oh, that's on God. He's going to take care of you. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, says the Lord. So you don't even have to deal with it. You don't even have to deal with it. You turn them over to God. Turn people over to God. The word is powerful. How long must I wait? When will you punish those who persecute me? You'll live to see the reward of the wicked. You will. Trust me. Beyond that, don't trust me. Trust God's word. Verse 85. These arrogant people who hate your instructions have dug, dug deep pits to trap me. Wow. These folks, they're arrogant, and they don't like your word, Lord, and they're, they're trying to cause problems for me. Verse 86. All your commands are trustworthy. Protect me from those who hunt me down without cause. They almost finished me off, but I refused to abandon your commandments. No matter what the enemy has for you, you don't give up on God's word. No matter what the enemy has had planned for you, you do not give up on God's word. You do not give up on God's word. That's why I've been getting Bibles for people lately, man. Say, I didn't know the Bible said that. And then I've had people tell me other stuff. You know how, how the Bible says, you know, I'm all, mm, no, no, that, that's not in the Bible. No. You need to know what's in God's word so you can know what his promises for you are. You need to know what's in God's word so you can know how he thinks about you. You need to know what's in God's word to know how he's going to deal with your situations. You've got to know what's in God's word so you'll have comfort when you're going through it. Say, man, it's a great time right now. I'm, I don't need to read the word because I'm going through a great time. Man, you really, this is a time you need to store up because life has wildernesses. So fill up on the word. Fill up on the word. Fill up on the word. Verse 88. In your, verse 88, can you imagine? We don't say that in church often enough. Verse 88. <laughs> in your unfailing love, spare my life. Then I can continue to obey your laws. Hmm. Verse 89, your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. God's word doesn't change. God's word does not change. Verse 90, your faithfulness extends to every generation. As enduring as the earth you created. God doesn't change. His promises are going to last forever. Verse 91, your regulations remain true to this day. For everything, everything serves your plans. Romans 8.28 says all things work together for good to those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Everything serves God, God's plan. Say, no, I made a mistake. He's going to use it to serve his plans. No, but I had to repent. He's going to use that to serve his plans. 
No, but I went through an injury. He's going to use that. I had to go through healing. He's going to use that. Oh, that relationship was awful. He's going to use it to serve his plans. Verse 92, if your instructions hadn't sustained me with joy, I would have died in my misery. <laughs> I don't think David's dramatic either. I think, he, I think he's speaking the truth. Verse 93, I will never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. Verse 94, I am yours. Rescue me, for I have worked hard at obeying your commandments. Verse 95, though the wicked hide along the way to kill me, I will quietly keep my mind on your laws. And that's drastic for us right now, right? I don't think the wicked's hiding to kill you right now, but we know what he's talking about. Verse 96, even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limit. Someone say God is unlimited. Plain and simple. I'm bound and determined to get to verse 100 tonight. So let me read that again. Even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limit. Verse 97, oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies. Now you're seeing why David was a man after God's own heart. The guy loved God's word. And he made a lot of mistakes. Look on David's life. He, you know what he did? He committed adultery. Um... He had a dude killed in battle. He was a terrible dad. I think he was probably a good dad to Solomon. Because Solomon, when he writes Proverbs, talks about all things his dad taught him. But David was a terrible dad. One of his sons, I think it was Abiathar, Scripture says no one had ever even questioned him. He tried to take the throne for himself instead of Solomon. He assumed. Scripture says Abiathar had never even been questioned by anyone. Hey, what are you doing? And man, my dad was so brilliant at Matthew, what are you doing? Right? That just makes a kid normal, getting questioned, held accountable. Where are you? Right? Do you know what time you got home last night? Oh, no, nobody had watches. No. Hmm. Uh-uh. You try not to lie. Oh, And they knew somehow. I'm like, uh, did y'all look? You know, you're hoping. It, it, was, it, it was dark. I mean, you know. <laughs> One comedian years ago, he said, you knew you were late already? He said, and you kind of lost it. You said, I'm late anyway, so I'll just go home for breakfast, which that's a terrible idea. I didn't ever do that. And he said, then your parents just think you've lost it. <laughs> Verse 97. Oh, how I love your instructions. I think about them all day long. Verse 98. Your commands make me wiser than my enemies, for they are my constant guide. Verse 99, yes, I have more insight than my teachers. Wow. For I'm always thinking of your laws. That's, that's the only way you're going to have more wisdom or insight than anybody is always meditating on God's word. Verse 100, I'm even wiser than my elders, he said, for I've kept your commandments. This guy had such a heart for God, though, he was unique. He's writing about God's word so much that it was placed in God's word. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. The, he, the Psalms are a prayer. You ever prayed some crazy stuff? Yeah. You don't want everybody to know your prayers. Huh. But this guy was so Holy Spirit inspired, they got written out, man, and they are a songbook for the people of Israel now. And they are Psalms for us. Number one, God is faithful. Number two, your situation will not last, especially if it's a hard situation. He said, man, this is awful. It's not going to last. Number three, God has always kept his word. 
We may not say, yeah, but this or that or this. No, we don't understand everything, but we know God has always kept his word. Number four, learn to trust him in the trial. Really, learn to trust him before the trial. But if there's ever a time you really need to learn how to trust him, it's when you're going through the trial. Let's go ahead and bow our heads and close our eyes tonight, if you would, please. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody in this house at the sound of my voice who says, you know what, I just need to accept Jesus and make him the Lord of my life? You, scripture says, the fear of the Lord, respect for God is the beginning of wisdom. If you don't respect God, you'll never, ever be wise. You'll be foolish. So here, here's the beginning of the beginning of wisdom, and that is to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Is there anybody in this house who says, man, if I died tonight, Pastor, I don't know if I'd make it to heaven or hell. I don't know where I'd go. You say, man, that's harsh. I didn't come up with that. Jesus spoke about hell more than he did about most things. He spoke about hell a lot. I didn't come up with that. But if you say, man, I am not certain about my future, my eternity, my destiny, and I need to be made right with God tonight. Would you raise your hand? I'm going to pray with you. No pressure, but now's the time. No pressure, but now's the time. I'll pray with you. Raise that hand, and I'll pray with you to accept Jesus tonight. Excellent. Now here's what I want you to be praying about. I'm going to pray this over to you tonight before we close or as we close. And here's my prayer tonight. Just agree with me. You can talk to the Lord as I pray. Father, Give us a desire and a hunger for your word. Encourage us, God, to get into your word like never before. Encourage us, God. Encourage us, God, to dissect your word, to read it and reread it and repeat it and memorize it and learn it and come hear it. I like what a man of God said. He said, the word is so powerful. Coming to church and hearing the word is so powerful that the word gives you more and more light every time you hear it. You'll hear a sermon and something else will fall off you if you really receive it. Every time you see God, God's dealing with something in your life and it's gonna, it's gonna, there's going to be an issue that's not going to be an issue anymore. Every time you hear God's word, it does something for you. And so ask the Lord tonight in Jesus' name that he cause you to hunger for his word like never before. Lord, help us to hunger and thirst for your word hunger and thirst for your word. God, there's been times where I was so thirsty. I remember some times in particular and I did not want anything else but that water. And scripture says that your word is water. It satisfies and it causes us to thrive. Lord, in the physical, our bodies can't grow. Cells cannot divide and multiply without water. Our body is made up of water. So why would you call your word water? Well, it's integral to our success, to our future, to our survival, to our victory. So God, give us a desire for your word like never before. And while you're doing that, God, call us to prayer like never before. The word and prayer, basic things that believers do. If you're a believer and you're not doing those things, ask God to give you a strong desire to do those things. He won't make you do it, but he'll help you with the desire part of it. He won't make you do it. He didn't create robots, but he'll help you with the desire. You say, well, I, don't, I can't tell when it's me or when it's him. Well, it's really mostly him, but I, I believe your will is involved too. 
You say, is it my will? Is it his will? Here's what matters. What matters is you need his help to even want him. That's what scripture says. It's the goodness of God that draws us to repentance. It's the goodness of God that draws us in. So God, draw us close to you. Draw us close to you. Speak to us. Let your word fall on good ground in our lives now and forever. We thank you tonight in Jesus' name.